are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, football fans, to another episode of Locked On NFL here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day with your Tuesday host, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings and myself, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. And let's just be honest, if any games are not as good as what we just saw Monday night, I'm going to need all the Pepsis that I can to get through it anyway, because Pepsi is a refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. And Luke, what a game. NFL fans were treated to 2020's game of the year with the Baltimore Ravens winning an absolute thriller, 47 to 42 against the Cleveland Browns. And while the Ravens won on Lamar Jackson's heroics, we learned that maybe the Browns can hang around with the best of them. Then we'll take a look ahead to some of the end-of-year awards with our Lock It or Mock It segment and why Justin Herbert is not the Offensive Rookie of the Year. And finally, Kate Magic of Locked on Dynasty shared some potential landing spots for Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz via trade and what it would mean for Dynasty owners. But now Luke and I are going to break down those best fits with the On the Field conversation. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, joined as always on Tuesdays by Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. And this is Locked on NFL. All right, Luke, so this is an absolute thriller of a Monday night game. Easily the game of the year, without a doubt. And the big storyline is going to be uh, Lamar Jackson going back to the locker room with alleged cramps and then coming back in (laughs) right as Trace. (laughs) So we're being told. uh, As Trace (laughs) McSorley ended up hurt in the game, and then he comes back out and then leads this team to a win late in the game that featured – Five lead changes in the last six minutes of the game, including a tie. It, it just an absolute, as you said, banger of a game here. Yeah, and, and I think you learn a lot about all the units in this game, right? I mean, obviously, rough time for both these defenses, and they they're going to have to go look for what uh, what what they have to do here. But really, the story of the game has to be with Lamar Jackson, who hasn't been having the best year, right. and he comes back in the game, according to him, halfway stretched, right? Because Trace mm-hmm. McSorley went down in the middle of his stretching when he was trying to get back into the game. So he's like halfway warmed up, halfway stretched, comes in and immediately throws a, a touchdown to, to bring his team back. So that like it's just a ridiculous, like legendary moment in his career. And now the Ravens tie themselves up with the Miami Dolphins for the seventh seed in the AFC. Dolphins still have the tiebreaker, so the Ravens have a little bit more work to do. But now the Ravens are like firmly in this, and the, and the Raiders mm-hmm. kind of fell away when they lost yesterday to the Colts. So they're like firmly in this. And I don't want to play these Ravens in the playoffs. This is like a scrappy team that has so much fight in it. And the fact that the Browns kept kind of punching them in the face and and they punched right back. That yeah. was, it was just something to behold. It was really nice to see 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson out there again, because we haven't seen that all year. Yeah, absolutely. 124 rushing yards in this game with the most by a quarterback Man. on Monday Night Football since 1970. The guy was absolutely out of wow. out of his mind. And I got to say too, that I, I kind of feel like for the Cleveland Browns, there's a lot of reasons to be very excited about them moving forward as well, because just as 
the, the, the Baltimore Ravens continued to get their punches in and, and, and would go on to win this game. The Cleveland Browns look like a team at nine and four that's ready to hang around with whoever it is that, that dares face them come playoff time <laughs> uh, because they were and Baker Mayfield in particular over these last two games, he did throw his first interception in the last six games, but that's how consistent he's been here as of late. This is a team that has been, very good and very reliable over the last portion of the season. And then you look at Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, the rushing attack that they have. This has been an outstanding team so far here at the stretch run of the season. Yeah. And I know Browns fans are probably like mega disappointed for losing this game. Sure. This one was back and forth. It's got to be really frustrating. You can feel that for a while, but if you're a Browns fan, I think there's a lot of reasons to be encouraged. A you're looking at a probable 11 and five. You've got giants, jets, Steelers coming up. Call mm-hmm. that an easy two and one, right? And then right. that's that's eleven and five on the season. You'll make the playoffs. You'll be good to go. And listen, you go toe to toe with this Ravens team. This Ravens team is not in playoff position. They have not played this well all year. But this was a playoff Ravens team. The, right. the, the Ravens 100%. that played this year, you know, going toe to toe with them, I think is equivalent to going toe to toe with like a, a Bills team or a, a Chiefs team or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is the moment that defines the Cleveland Browns. Losing this game is not what defines the Cleveland Browns. Definitely. Uh, I, I think if you look, if you look at the Cleveland Browns year after all is said and done, this isn't going to be the game that you talk about. And that's a good thing because you don't want this to be the game that you talk about this close yeah. big old loss. This isn't going to yeah. define the Browns. Yeah. Or at least if this is the game that you talk about, you talk about it because it was, a hell of a game and not it was something excellent. that you hold yeah. against Cleveland who overcame two separate 14 point deficits in this game, right? Like they, they were down 14 and they narrowed it down to eight and they went down 14 again and then closed that gap to take the lead 35 to 34 before mm-hmm. the, just the scoring onslaught happened in the last six minutes of the game. It was just an incredible, incredible game for to wrap up uh, week, week 14 here. Yeah, and there was all kinds of drama in it, too. There's a lot of talk we could right. do about extra points and two-point conversions and stuff. Uh, there's a lot we could talk about. You know, so there's a, a blown Anderson Dejo coverage that mm-hmm. uh, ended up bringing the Ravens back into it. That was the play that uh, Lamar Jackson had right after yep. he came back on the field. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff. And, and maybe the most tilting cover of all time. There were a lot of people oh. that had... Uh, Cleveland plus three and a half. And it was looking like it was going to be 42 to 45 after, you know, two seconds left on the clock. Ravens make the field goal game over. And then the lateral play to try to do the desperation thing ends in a safety and covers. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I almost took that, that spread for sure. Yeah. And and I think, you know, defensively, it's hard to kind of make an evaluation on this one. I don't know if this game defines either defense. And right. I, I think both of these defense have better games in them than what they did here, mm-hmm. you know, giving up 40, 40 some a piece. Uh, I mean, Marlon Humphrey's still having a great season. There's a lot yeah. to like about what's going on on that Ravens defense. There's a lot to like about what's going on in the Browns defense. They've, they've got better games in them than this. So I don't know if you're, if you're a fan of both of these teams, it's hard not to walk away feeling good about who your team is. Of course, mm-hmm. you feel a little better if you're the Ravens, cause you've got a really, really important win. And yeah. for Cleveland, even though it's a game against the Ravens, you always want to beat your division rival and all that. 100%. It wasn't all that important. It was kind of a loss they could afford to take. Yeah, absolutely. Which is cool to have the ability to afford December losses. Yeah, not not a bad position to be in. And certainly uh, not a bad position for those of us that got to kick back and watch this Monday night game that is, uh, I think, easily the game of the year thus far and will be a very hard game to top for the rest of the season.
Yeah, and we have a lot more that we want to talk about on this show. We got to talk about the uh, Player of the Year awards and some uh, Locker Market stuff, I guess, for that. We have to talk about some Carson Wentz destination, both mm-hmm. for uh, fantasy football and for real life football. Talk about some of the intrigue there now that Jalen Hurts has been named the full time starter. But first, I want to let you all know that this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read this in the New York Times or maybe Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It is a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. So if you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you are definitely going to want to check this one out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th. You can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. All right, y'all, it is Locked On NFL. Myself, Ross Jackson, and Luke Braun here with you every Tuesday. But don't miss tomorrow's episode with Tony and James, along with one of our Locked On NFL draft experts to get you ready for the end of the season draft as well. If you are a fan of a team that's going to be looking like it's going to be drafted within the top 10, you definitely want to be tuning in to tomorrow's episode to get the lowdown on the NFL draft coming up, as well as all the other big news around the NFL led by Tony and James on Wednesdays. Luke, we wanted to kind of dive a little bit into the future a bit today and bring back one of our favorite segments from the past at the same time, our Lock It or Mock It segment. So we have our end-of-year awards, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. And some of those are obvious, but some of them we have a little bit of a discussion to have about who we think should be the front runner for those categories. So I think that we can agree and maybe lock it right away the idea that both Patrick Mahomes is well, the idea that both Patrick Mahomes is your MVP at this moment and Aaron Donald is your defensive player of the year, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like it's boring, but that's going to be the way things are. Like, I, I think if they do go elsewhere for Aaron Donald, not only would I, would I be surprised, but I would probably say they're just doing that to be interesting because Aaron Donald has gotten it so many times. Like, yeah. they're just doing it to make it so the award isn't just the Aaron Donald award. But, I, like, listen, if he's going to be the best, like, if he's going to be the player of the year on defense every year, then give him the award every year. That's what it's for. It should be Marius, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the most interesting argument that I can come up with for defensive player of the year that's not Aaron Donald is Xavier Howard, the corner from Miami, leading the league right now with nine interceptions, 17 passes defended. He's also a good tackler, very solid in that secondary. But the fact of the matter is that that is Aaron Donald's award. It will forever be Aaron Donald's award as long as Aaron Donald is playing in the NFL. And that's okay. That's totally fine. <laughs> and, and you also have the world where, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers comes out and like makes a storms back, makes a comeback for him sure. or something like that. You could have something like that. But I think both Mahomes and Donald, they kind of break the game. Like the, if you mm-hmm. are pre- a coach preparing for one of those two players, you have to do something different than what you usually do because they are so uniquely good at what they do that. I yeah. think that kind of tears it for the award. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Aaron Rodgers will, will not go without being mentioned in this segment, but I think we kind of have to start off on the hottest topic 
out of these right now, which is sort of the hotly debated offensive rookie of the year conversation, because at the beginning of the season, it felt like a little bit of a two man race between uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Of course, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, Joe Burrow got hurt and I will never forgive the Cincinnati Bengals for what they did to him. But Justin (laughs) Herbert has sort of fallen back a little bit after earning that starting role in uh, Los Angeles. And there's another rookie up there that I will name for you because I know that he plays for the Vikings. And this is entirely something I'm bringing. Oh, the Vikings have a good rookie. They do have a very good rookie. His name is Justin Jefferson, who I think deserves to be in that conversation as well. Uh, So lock it or you with no bias about Justin Jefferson, no bias at all. I have no attachment to Justin Jefferson at all. I am completely, (laughs) completely uh, uh, disconnected from from it altogether. Um, So here's my lock it or mock it for you. Lock it or mock it. Justin Herbert is the offensive rookie of the year. It won't surprise the listeners to know that this Vikings fan will go mock it. Um, But this isn't really a Justin Jefferson argument because I think you have to make the argument more about Justin Herbert because he's the quarterback, right? Right. I I don't really want offensive rookie of the year to become the, uh, you know, the best quarterback rookie of the year award, but that is going to be the kind of the way things go. Honestly, I think you could make a stronger argument for Michael Onwenu, the guard in New England, than you can for Justin Herbert. I wish we could do this. I wish (laughs) we could do this. never happened for a lineman, yeah, but I would love it. Um. But I think for for Jeff or for uh, Justin Herbert, it's he he's been okay. Like he's been good for a rookie, and, and he's been the best rookie quarterback probably. Um, you know, maybe you can make arguments for two or whatever. I probably wouldn't. Um, but like he's been in the grand scheme of things. If you want to talk about efficiency, if you want to talk about things like completion plus minus, which is the next gen stats thing that basically says, you know, how do you do compared to how tight the window was? He's been like supremely average. You talk about EPA mm-hmm. expected points at it, supremely average completion percentage over expectation, really average. Yep. That's great for a rookie. That's really, really nice. But when we're talking about the excellence that is required of rookie of the year, I just don't think any of these quarterbacks have crossed that threshold. And if you take away the quarterbacks, who's standing out, who Who's in the headlines every week? You know, who is the person right. that is kind of uh, uh, making all the waves? I feel like that's what the award is supposed to capture. The person that really took the league by storm. That's Justin Jefferson, who's who's right. on pace with Randy Moss's rookie year. Like, you have to recognize that kind of thing with the award over. Yeah, Justin Herbert plays a much more important position, but he's been like, fine. All right, let's jump to uh, defensive rookie of the year. This is another one that feels pretty obvious, but lock it or mock it, defensive rookie of the year is Chase Young, the defensive end of the Washington football team. Yeah, I, I'm having trouble thinking of other players that would maybe like come in. I mean, Jeremy Chin has had some some really good games. I just know that, that would because be the he one had I would bring up. Yeah, I don't think we need to go too deep into it. Chase Young is balling, and we all kind of knew he would, and he is just like we thought he would. And he was kind of. I mean, there's a reason Washington picked him second overall. Yeah, I, I, so I think that the most interesting conversation here comes down to offensive player of the year. So we looked around and tried to find the odds for who was sort of the best. Uh, most favored offensive player of the year. And and we consistently came about two different names. So Luke, let's do a locket or mock it here for both of these guys. Locket or mock it, Aaron Rodgers is your offensive player of the year and locket or mock it, Derek Henry is your offensive player of the year. Yeah, this is the part where I, I abandon my bias. I, I think it has to be Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So I would lock that. I mean, Derrick Henry's is always going to be Derrick Henry. And the thing about Derrick Henry is he's always kind of been the December guy. So he's going to have right. some crazy week 16, week 17 ridiculousness that like puts him, bolts him back into this conversation. So like this is maybe subject to change. 
but what Aaron Rodgers has been doing with the Packers, especially, I mean, they didn't have Devonte Adams for a while. He was doing this right. with Marquez Valdez Scantling and like Geronimo Allison and stuff. And like the, the, the way that Aaron Rodgers has done this, especially coming back from kind of what he was in 2018, 2019, which wasn't as good of a quarterback as he's playing. Right. Right now. He's playing phenomenally. He's kind of rediscovered that late 2016 super elite MVP level of play. And, and you know, if it weren't for Patrick Mahomes, we'd be talking about him as the MVP front runner for sure. Sure. So I think you have to give that to Aaron Rodgers if you know you're not giving it to to Patrick Mahomes who gets the MVP. Um, I, I I like what Derrick Henry has done, and I don't even think you have to make the positional value argument just because. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just balling, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's a there's a point where you have to look at consistency as well. And yeah. you know, as you mentioned, Derrick Henry is very much a December guy, but if you look throughout the season, he's had these big explosions of. 180 200 yards but then he's also had these games where he's run for 30 something 40 something 50 something yards you know what i mean yeah it's tough as a running back too you you get behind and then you're not getting the carries but that's like part of it right yeah and that's that that is of no fault to his own it's just the way that game flow works sometimes but Mm -hmm. when you talk about game flow and you talk about managing all of that again it kind of goes back to the conversation we were just having about justin jefferson excuse me justin herbert but one of the elements we were talking about there there's one person that touches the ball every single play and for his team that's aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers has been consistently great all season, really fitting into that Matt LaFleur offense that everybody's buying in around there. He's produced with lesser talent. He's producing with a run game that, and you know, even in green Bay is also hot and cold every now and then, and, but mm-hmm. he's been the consistent factor all the way across. And I think you absolutely have to weigh the fact that he would be the runner up for MVP at this moment. I think you could say, and and you can make the argument that he deserves the MVP. I, I think it's tough to argue about what Patrick Mahomes is doing so far this season. The guy's on pace to have another right. incredible year. You can't argue with that, or it's tough. I, to I wouldn't with make it. the argument, but one you know could. I mean? <laughs> yeah, one could. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy that I absolutely can put it over the top for himself, considering that he's going to go up against the. He's got games against what the Lions and the Bears. No, the Panthers and the Bears left in the season, whose defenses are firm for firm for the picket when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I mean, Derrick Henry has a game against the Packers, which has been firm for the picking with, uh, right. with right Very for true. the picking, I think is what you're going right for, for the picking. That's that. one firm for the picking, right for the picking, <laughs> you know, you know, finding the right words though, that can be a mental wall that we have to break. through. <laughs> and whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with built go every day. Built go makes you the best at what you do, whatever it is that you do. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five hour energy kind of, but you don't get the jitters. You don't get the crash that comes with a five hour energy because the, the energy comes from a much more natural source it comes from vitamin B6 and B12. You get 10,000% of your daily intake of vitamins B6 and B12. It also has beta alanine, B3, a little bit of honey, kick a caffeine to get you going. And it is just loaded with collagen protein. And that is a fast absorbing natural protein that gets into your system fast and it's easy on the stomach. It promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you look better. So if you want to try BuiltGo for yourself, go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Luke, are you a basketball fan? Sure. Sure? Are you so excited that the NBA season is here? Because let me tell you something. Man, it's Timberwolves season, man. There you go. It's Pelican season, and I am mad excited about it. You've, of course, got Anthony Edwards to look forward to. (laughs) Zion Williams. We've got Ricky Rubio back, so all the Minnesota fans are Ricky Rubio's back. Everybody's stoked. Everybody's having a great time. And look, here's the deal. The wait is almost over. The 2020 
2021 NBA season is almost here and Locked on NBA, the podcast is going to get you ready with a special week of shows that began on Monday. So it's already undergoing. It's already underway. So make sure you check them out so you can get previews for every team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked on local experts over in our NBA network, plus waiver wire additions from Locked on Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked on NBA wherever you get your podcast. And of course, if this is your first time catching Locked on NFL, don't forget to subscribe here as well so you can catch all of the new episodes every single Monday through Friday. And don't forget to rate five stars. We appreciate all of the support for everybody that's been hanging out with us and all of those of you who are brand new. And if you are brand new here, Tuesdays, what we do every week is we have our fantasy forum. We're joined by one of our fantasy experts here on the Locked On NFL channel. And this week, we're actually going to use a clip from the Locked On Dynasty Football podcast, which is a daily podcast covering Dynasty football. Kate Majuk, uh, Ryan McDowell, Marcus Mosher, Matt Williamson, all doing a fantastic job over there. So go ahead and check them out, Locked On Dynasty Football. And Luke, Kate brought up a pretty interesting conversation. Uh, You know, Jalen Hurts ended up starting. Uh, I obviously got a front row seat to it, but Jalen Hurts yeah. ended up starting for the Philadelphia Eagles, had a great game up against the Saints. He is now being named the starter moving forward, or at least for the next game, but I understand he'll be the starter moving forward. So that kind of leaves Carson Wentz in this weird sort of balancing area at the moment that mm-hmm. could potentially mean that his time in Philadelphia could be nearing the end. If he were to be traded, there's a lot of teams that would be interested in a quarterback like Carson Wentz for certain, but Kate did a really great job diving into the fantasy aspects, particularly the dynasty fantasy aspects and outlooks around that. Here's what she had to say. Imagine a guy like Carson Wentz with a coach like Bill Belichick. Would that work? He's a defensive-minded coach, um, You know, could take some of that pressure off of this quarterback while you – uh, let him sit back and and manage the game uh, and and learn from the best coach in the NFL. Uh, then we've got the uh, Indianapolis Colts, kind of an, an interesting option here, right? Uh, we heard about, you know, his uh, Carson Wentz's special relationship with Frank Reich. And God, if you could put those two back together, I think we could probably see uh, something a little a little inspiring. Then let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Drew Locke, I think that was one of the key takeaways this year. Just isn't able to, I think, make the reads and play the field uh, the way that that a true quarterback one should do so. And the way that we've seen Carson Wentz do so in the past in his 2017 season, I think one interesting option would be the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan. Super creative on offense can do some different things. And he's got such a strong run scheme that it takes so much pressure off of the quarterback. So Luke, you hear four teams that are named there, the Indianapolis Colts, the Denver Broncos, the New England Patriots, and the San Francisco 49ers. All of those teams make sense for the Dan- for the dynasty prospect and in terms of making sure that you like grab onto uh, Carson Wentz because he's going to get an opportunity with a good team and a good system. But what are you feeling in terms of those four teams from the on-field perspective, the real-life football perspective? Is there a certain team that you think he makes a lot of sense with? Yeah, so I, I have an answer to this, but first make sure that you guys listen to that whole episode of Locked on Dynasty because there's some awesome stuff if you're in your playoffs uh, and some takes about Derrick Henry and stuff. Uh, definitely don't want to miss that. It's a good episode. Um, for real. But for this, 
I, I really love it with the Colts. And it's like Kate mm. said in that episode, the Frank Wright connection is everything, right? The, yeah. the, the Eagles have not been the same since Frank Reich left for Indianapolis. And I, I think most Eagles fans are under the impression that that 2017 crazy Nick Foles Super Bowl season, that offensive success, they are now mostly crediting to uh, Frank Reich. You know, Doug Peterson and Frank Reich parted ways. One team kept having a well-constructed offense and the other one had a whole bunch of baffling decisions and they haven't really been able to recapture that that magic. So I feel like the Frank Reich Carson Wentz thing is like the answer, whatever the answer to, to Carson Wentz is Frank Reich is like the most likely person to have it. Not to mention they have the cap space to take on the parts of that contract that the Eagles don't end up taking. It really mm-hmm. sucks. I mean, if I had to like, if I were betting, I would say that Carson Wentz remains an Eagle for one year, if yeah. only because the, uh, the, the contract is so difficult to get rid of because he hasn't even kicked into his extension yet. But if they were to do it, the Colts can take on the cap. They have a situation there. I think those receivers are okay. And that's probably still going to remain a, uh, an off season priority for them. But I mean, they have like Michael Pittman, right? They have, uh, a, a, of course, T Y they have like Moali mm-hmm. Cox has had a nice year. So they have like players for, for Carson Wentz to throw to, and hopefully less of a drops issue than what he's been dealing with in Philadelphia. Um, and, and a phenomenal offensive line to keep him upright, keep him healthy and stuff like that. So I, I love the fit in Indianapolis. If he can go in there, you can let uh, Philip Rivers kind of ride off into the sunset and go have his like hundredth kid. And, and that can be it. And they, this is the next chapter of the Indianapolis Colts. And I think it would be a bright one for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, you want to talk about a place that's going to be able to draw up an offense yeah. unlike any other in the NFL? It's going to be Kyle Shanahan's system and what he's able to do. You have a great defense there, just like you have in Indianapolis as well. The San Francisco 49ers can make the cap work for certain. I mean, moving on from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo would save them a little bit of money for certain. Also, probably a lot of headaches. But they certainly have mm-hmm. abilities to squeeze him into the cap space, depending upon what the cap space ends up being for next season, which is is a whole other conversation. But when it comes down to an offense that can support him and give him a scheme where he can excel, even if he needs to be dropped down a little bit. I mean, look, Jimmy Garoppolo took this offense to a Super Bowl doing half field reads and making, you know, and, and making quick decisions and yeah. quick one keys. You know what I mean? So you can build an offense that works for Carson Wentz for certain, knowing that Carson Wentz can progress more and and far easier through uh, full-on progressions and reads all over the field. You have a run game that can support him, as Kate mentioned. You also have a run game that can provide you options out of the backfield. You have George Kittle, uh, who is uh, playing at a position that Carson Wentz loves to be comfortable with, the tight end position. He was fortunate enough to play along with Zach Ertz, and now Dallas Goddard has been coming on, but George Kittle definitely makes a lot of sense there. And you have some very, very talented receivers on the outside and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who are run after the catch machines. And so those are guys that can absolutely be helpful for him in a brand new system, focusing and learning on a brand new offense with a scheme and a defense that have his back the entire way through. I would love to see him in San Francisco for certain. I do agree that his contract is very hard to trade. They would have to trade him before the third day of free agency in order to make sure they don't pile on another $10 million on themselves, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. for getting rid of him. But trading him would Which be the most advantageous. Do, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you can trade him, and it's the most advantageous option if you don't plan to have him beyond the 2021 season. But it's going to be hard to convince anybody to do it. But hey, maybe San Francisco is enough in that quarterback market that they'd be willing to take that hit. Yeah, I, I struggle. The only struggle I have with San Francisco is I don't know if Kyle Shanahan wants a quarterback 
quarterback he has to hide. And I think that's kind of what Carson Wentz is right now. Mm-hmm. But hey, if you guys disagree with us, I want you to send that to us. Send it to us at uh, at Locked On NFL Pod. Send it to us at Ross Jackson NOLA at Luke Braun NFL. Come argue with us on Twitter about this. See what I want to see what you guys want to say. If you guys uh, if you guys think it's it's New England, if you guys think it's Denver, if you guys think it's maybe another team that Kate didn't mention, I want to hear about it. So make sure you let us know. Give me all your Carson Winston New Orleans takes immediately. Now, give them to me. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear what you got. I don't hate it. I, don't I do. <laughs> I strongly, <laughs> strongly do. <laughs> yeah, I think they need more of their quarterback than Carson Wentz can give. But hey, maybe yeah. you guys disagree, so let us know. And remember, everybody, we are here five days a week. It won't be me and Ross. We have everybody else coming in, like Tony and James tomorrow, Ryan and Chris on Thursday, and then Bo and Q on Friday to wrap out Thursday night football. So make sure you're checking us out five days a week here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.